Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. With Debbie Kamau Bell and Kevin, I'm light-skinned like Jesse Williams, but that's all I got in common with him, Avery. You started to say Jesse L. Williams again. I did start to say Jesse L. Williams because it's been stuck. It's still in my phone that way. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, we decided after you broke off that it was because of Jesse L. Martin. And I think no, people it's not in because general. It's absolutely because of Google. Like I found and screenshotted. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. What we're doing up is rapping old business. Last week, yeah. you listened to the podcast. I called Jesse Williams, Jesse L. Williams in the intro because Google, if you look him up, says Jesse L. Williams I in know, several places. I, I think it's not just you. I think in general. I don't like, no offense to Jesse L. Martin, I don't think about him enough to make that mistake. I know, but what I'm damn. <laughs> Damn. No offense to Jesse L. Martin. Please come on the podcast. But that by the time he came on Law and Order, I was kind of out. Big up to Jesse L. Martin. Uh, big fan. Uh, don't please. This is Kevin here. Disregard what Kamau was saying. I don't know. I'm just saying that like I, there's there's no way I'm, I have way more Jesse uh, Jesse Williams in my brain than Jesse L. Martin. Oh okay, I didn't even know him that well. We just sort of do this podcast together. <laughs> Jesse L. Martin, please come. I'm a big fan of the Flash. I'm watching the Flash. I actually had it uh, up as my cover photo on Twitter for a while. That Google saying two different references to Jesse. <laughs> L. Williams. So I think no, I no, think no. I was bamboozled by some by like the Hollywood Reporter, which is not like it's not like I'm t- talking about bamboozled by one of those websites. It's not a real like a Russian fake porn. website. I think it's the, the internet bamboozled. I think the what? internet has been bamboozled because of there's Jesse L. Martin. We're well, just used to throwing the Jesse L. thing. That's all. That that's may all be I'm true, saying. but that ain't that ain't that ain't. I just don't want to to Denzelitz or Jesse Williams or Jesse L. Martin for that reason <laughs> oh, to think man. that I had conflated those two together. Sure, that's all I'm saying. Okay, I was I was bamboozled by Google, which hey. I feel like is a totally fair bamboozling. All right. Well, welcome, welcome to the, the show, podcast, everybody. We, everybody. we uh, didn't come here just to correct our old mistakes. Today's episode uh, features Sterling K. Brown from yeah. the TV show The People vs. O.J. Simpson. He mm-hmm. plays Christopher Darden. And Supernatural uh, and Army Wives, and he's in uh, 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 Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which just came out. And uh, and he's and he's a dude who's he's in the process of blowing up. Like we, he's actually uh, on the show. He will still be blowing up. He's mm-hmm. going through his moment because of People versus OJ Simpson. Yeah, this brother's great. Uh, we've had a good couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, past we uh, we had Issa Rae on, and then you Issa creeped Rae? her out in inside of five seconds on the podcast. Uh, no, it wasn't inside of five seconds. It was it, it was, was with it the was, it, it, it was okay, thirty twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I give you like 60 seconds and I think you threw out well what did hmm. everybody what knows happened. what you she, said first of all let me just be clear because he's I hope he's he's probably listening because I know he's a fan I, bra- I blame Dave Zirin that's who I blame mm. Mm-hmm. Dave Zirin when he was on the podcast we brought up training day and he said I didn't know you like to get wet and it sort of like threw me off, and then I realized, oh, that's from the movie Training Day. And so that's ever since that, every time I think of the movie Training Day, I hear Dave Zirin in my head go, I didn't know you like to get wet. That's nuts. So, so, mm-hmm. Issa Rae's on the podcast. She mentions that her one of her favorite Denzel Martin movies is Training Day. <laughs> and then I, and I'm going to own this, totally inappropriately without any segue, goes, I didn't know you like to get wet. Kamal, I mean, <laughs> I was sitting there with her. I just, all I could do was look down at the table, but I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? I mean, the, her reaction is like, because I've listened to it since then, because I was like, was it that bad? Oh, yeah, it was bad. She goes, whoa, like very much like, I'm going to have to talk to HR. Like if we were in a different work situation, she would have talked to HR about oh, like, man. he did the thing again, he said he would never do again. I just locked up. 
I knew, and I knew, I, I wasn't even, I didn't re- necessarily remember the quote. I was just like, that's got to be from, I think that's from, but damn, damn. And you know, yeah, no, it was, that, it was, it's, it's, it was, it was a moment. It's funny. I listened to it. You don't actually hear the embarrassment <laughs> in my voice when you listen to the episode. I just go, I was quoting training day, but in my life, but my mind's like, oh no. Like that's two weeks in a row. I've had moments that like, I was totally like, we may have to just stop the po- like cut podcast right now. What Jesse, was the other one? Jesse Jesse L. Williams was pretty bad too. I had that was a <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel better about that one because then I was like, well, Google bamboozled me. I got I got I got bam googled or Google boozled. But <laughs> when you said uh, Jesse L. I was like, oh. But that but that right. I feel like I mean I'm not trying to say that I didn't make a mistake, but I didn't really like get wet. That was that was Dave. I blame Dave Zyron. I blame Google and Dave Zyron. Okay, so. well Dave Zyron's gonna have to come back on here and defend himself. That's yeah. just you, bro. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's that's not Dave. That's yeah. just you. Anyway, she was fun to have on though. That she was great. She was great. Yeah. She's got uh, a lot going on, so she's I'm happy to you yeah. know. I was, yeah, and again, listen to uh the fruit podcast if you get uh Howl Premium. Oh yeah. Who, who we work for. And uh Jesse without the L Williams. Also uh folks obviously very excited to uh to hear his voice. <laughs> on yeah, the people podcast. I think he, and also I think he, the thing about the show is that he really he, I, I knew him to be an activist and very and very mm-hmm. sort of like conversant in all those issues. Yeah. But man, he was just. I think people were surprised. Some people who didn't maybe weren't familiar with his work, as he said, from Grey's Anatomy, because as we know on this show, not everybody's a Grey's Anatomy fan. But that dude can keep the ball up in the air. But here's the thing: I was kind of surprised by the lack of. You know, I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff, but he didn't really. Boy, towards the end, he he started preaching. Well, yeah, I when he's sitting there, I was just like, go, go, Jesse, go, Jesse. Melissa listened to the episode because she's a huge Jesse uh-huh. Williams fan, and she's also pretty mad at me that I didn't actually get him to, like, say her name or anything. Oh, or uh-huh. hello, well, so. what are you going to do? A lot of folks that had their, yeah, requests weren't honored for— Yeah, uh, I, just, I think I just probably was like, let me just keep all the requests out. And then, but yeah. anyway, so maybe when I'm on his podcast, I can do a better job when I'm on his open run show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, he when we started going, any thoughts about Nina Simone? And he was like, and Musa talked about him, he was like, I, I don't know. And then suddenly 20 minutes later, we're like, Jesse, we have to go. We only have the studio for another five. We have to, we have to go. We've, we've gone into overages. Jesse, they turned the lights off in the studio. We've turned, we yeah. No, he it was great. Yeah. Just, I want to be clear about that. It was great. Oh, he yeah. went off, and a lot of people on Twitter heard, were, heard that and were excited about mm-hmm. it. Uh, Broji app. If you're not <laughs> still not on Android, everybody. I just wanted Jesse. I love you, but uh, I've been checking all the time. Uh-oh. Still, Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. But it looks like it's a lot of fun if you have an iPhone. I'm using it on my iPhone. Get a, a Broji or at Ebroji app. You could you could find it. Uh, follow it on Twitter and go. Yeah, download it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't, I, you know, I was listening to him explain this, and I was like, a keyboard? What do you mean? And then you start playing with it. It's like, oh, yeah, I get it. it's, it's super fun. So, uh, yeah, uh, go go, uh, go get that. Go get it yeah, now. And hopefully it'll be to, uh, you know, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the Android thing. Also, we got a little, uh, this was bittersweet. The, uh, you know, the, the, we got a little bit of, uh, of um, I don't know, mention. In we, some little, publications. we got a little public. We got a little pub, little press. Yeah, from, uh, because from the he... Jesse L. Williams, ep- <laughs> Jesse L. Williams. Oh Jesus. boy, <laughs> from the Jesse Williams episode. I gotta really. I need to yeah, reboot my brain together. From the Jesse Williams episode. Yeah, he made the announcement that he's doing the Harry Belafonte uh, uh, biopic. Well, apparently he had talked about it before, but apparently because he sort of mentioned it in passing, but yeah, people hadn't realized it. So that that got one of those like things where. 
one press thing picks it up and then mm-hmm. several other pick it up and yeah. they all look they all act like it's an exclusive interview they got with Jesse Williams. But uh but here's the issue. <laughs> I mean it was cool, uh, but and and all of them put like a link to the SoundCloud podcast to mm-hmm. Denzel, to our podcast. But all of the, I think they were all written. I feel like it was one thing where one person wrote it and fed it to a bunch of different places because they all had the same mistakes. Yeah. Except uh, for where, color lines. I think color lines yeah, color was the lines only actually, one. Because I, color lines knows me. I've worked with color lines before. I'm on the advisory board of color lines. So they actually, I think, did their research and did their homework and said he was on the podcast. Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. But all these other sites just sort of said, including, I'm not mad at you, but uh, they called it on the Denzelitz podcast. Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit our fault. Uh, not not you and me personally. I'm speaking of all of us as Denzelitz. I think we've, we, uh, you know, well, it, it, it is our fault in that we named the podcast, and I was the one who came, I think I came. With, <laughs> yeah, I'll you take did. the heat on that. The longest name in the history of podcast. Sure. So it's like you, it, it begs for some sort of abbreviation. But then even the abbreviation, if you just do the the letters, it doesn't make any sense. You know what though? When so, you do the letters, it's still the hashtag when you write that out. It's it at least for me, it's it's come surprisingly natural to type it out. It, I used yeah. to struggle like okay, D, <laughs> and now I just kind of bang it out. Yeah. Uh, but I missed the hashtag. We have a, a whole T-shirt with which I, I got mine. By the way, I meant to oh, wear. Nice. I went to put it on. Meant to put it on today. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we've sort of. Uh, but then it's so much cooler to say I'm a Denzel than to say that I'm a D. I know, but part of the charm of this show is when you tell people the name of the podcast right away, they go ah, and then they want to go listen to it. But you can still do that. It's like I feel like it's like this: the Grateful Dead, their fans are deadheads. Uh, the the you know the few Jimmy Buffett you're a parrot head uh, fans of the band Coldplay yes. sleepy you know it's all the same stuff all of that I agree to I just the name of the actual podcast is not Denzelitz no that's, that's just yes. frustrating all, to see that was just frustrating that, to see that, in the thing. It, it, you know, it's again, but they did all link to the SoundCloud episode. I think we got some little bit of a bump from that. So mm-hmm. uh, happy yeah. that we're getting some press. But yeah, just I did tweet back to a couple of them like, thanks and all, but uh, nerd yeah. eyeglass push. I'll I'm just saying, I, I think we should uh, use the, uh, the, na- the abbreviation hashtag a little bit more. I, I'm That's a fan all. of hashtag Denzelitz. Mm-hmm. So we, we split on this. That's okay. Denzel, I mean, you tell us. You tell us what you think. Uh, should we? Should we use the? You can the, use them both. Indi- I'm just saying. Yeah. When people, here's the thing. I'm just saying. Let's 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 let the people. Let's let the people help us out with this. If should we use the initials or should we use hashtag Denzel? And then you let us know. Because I'm hoping that when we get more T-shirts, that we get one that says Denzel. It's on it. That's of my, course. That's my but I, what I'm saying is, why can't we use both? Oh, when we're speaking about when we're talking like about Denzelitz, or when you're down to a tweet of like 14 characters. Well, <laughs> that's that's when you got to learn how to you know that, that's about negotiating what you're putting in the in the tweet. Then your but tweet when is you just say, a, but when you say tweeted. when you say on the at Denzelitz show, I think yes. people take that and run with it. Or if you that's go true. on hashtag blah 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 blah, people are gonna look try yeah. to figure out what you're talking about. Well, yeah, people. But I understand. I I just think that uh, if you if you use both of them in one tweet, then you're down to just enough room for an abroji. Uh, well, pick tweet. one. <laughs> pick one. You know, which is probably fine. So anyway, so yeah, so we appreciate all those uh, people, and thanks to Liz who sent us all the references to the different mm-hmm. people who who got it wrong. But also shout out to Color Lines. So we don't want to mention those people. Thank you. But Color Lines. Uh, at at Color Lines and Color Lines Magazine and ColorLines.com, they have a very streamlined brand, uh, mm-hmm. is they, they got it right. So appreciate that. 
Thanks, guys. And another thing that came out of the Jesse Williams episode mm-hmm. was uh, it, it came out around the time of April Fool's Day. Well, and it I, came out on April. Yeah. The oh, episode did, did. Yeah. I'm, the not, episode I'm, did. I'm like, like I, I'm not really an April Fool's guy. I just, it's just not, I don't know. It's just never, yeah. I think there's two different types of people in the world. No, uh, you're April right. Fool's it came Day out people. the day before April Fool's Day. It came out on the 31st, and then Friday was April, was April Fool's Day. So yeah, so I th- I'm just not. It's just not my. It's not, I'm not mad at it, but it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, Liz Lazier, who runs at Denzelitz, uh, <laughs> which we should say D E N Z A L E T S, she is an April Fool's Day person. At least she was for the purpose of this show, and sent out a tweet that got some attention and was even retweeted by Jesse Williams. <laughs> yes, I saw it, and uh, the tweet was um, the first thing I saw was the picture of Jesse Williams and I, and my face was. Crossed out, and I was like, "What?" Well, just it was just obliterated with uh, your with somebody where it said your face here instead of Kevin. Yeah, and I was like, "Wait, what? What the hell?" And then I read the thing, and it was you know, I think it said something like you know, Kevin and Kamal have uh, uh, you know given me the go to announce the win a date with Jesse Williams contest, and I was like, "Wait, what? What have we done?" Yeah, no, that I had that same thing like. No, Liz, no, 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 we didn't. We didn't give you the green. No, and then I realized it was April. That, that's how I get gotten on April Fool's Day. I'm just like, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it was funny because at first I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I don't know if I want to retweet this because I was afraid like it, Jesse might get mad at us. Mm-hmm. But then that, he yeah. retweeted it. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, I knew it, I was like, well, this isn't real. And I, I cl- yeah, I clicked on it, and it was, it was very funny to see the, uh, the big old April Fools. Well, he retweeted because those Grey's Anatomy fans ride hard. There's hashtag Jaypril, which is the combination of uh, April and and uh, and him on the show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So uh, uh, and so that like it's so there's that so there's that so there's a lot of fans who love him on the show mm-hmm. and love his relationship with his da da da. And so people got excited. Some people about the win a date, which first of all, the picture is so hilarious. Like. As if they were gonna, we were gonna have a contest, and we would, it would just be you, like, you would be in the. <laughs> would we take a picture of some? And just the fact, it's funny. People are like, oh yeah, that looks real. Uh, so, but shout out to Liz. I think it was hilarious. That was fair. Uh, but it just be like, oh yeah, that, that's, probably, that's probably a real thing. When a date with Jesse Williams, even though he's married, and uh, yeah, and he talks about his wife and his kids all the time. I'm sure, and he's also so busy. He's got time for a date with a random person on the internet. Yeah. And then, but then it was funny because I saw this too. People clicked on it, think it was real. It links to a to a uh, April Fool's Day thing, which is Denzel at one, a basketball game with like Tyrese and oh yeah, <laughs> like Drake, <laughs> Drake, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all picture. laughing, like they're all laughing. Oh uh, man! And, and it's Cedric the Entertainer. It's, it's I'm looking at it now. It's Denzel, Drake, Cedric the Entertainer, and Tyrese is the only one who's not laughing. He takes his April Fool's Day thing seriously. Very seriously. Like, April Fool's Day. And it was just a picture of them all laughing. It says April Fools. And 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 uh, as Liz put it on her uh, on the when she sent me the sent me the email April Fool's Day record number of retweets and likes I also received a record number of middle finger gifts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, People were funny. like, "What are you? You don't lie to me about winning a date with Jesse Williams." <laughs> Everyone was so mad. I love that people believed it. I know it's so great. Good job, Liz. Holding on to so. hope that you can win a date with Jesse. Williams. Yeah, so, uh, and plus, when he retweeted it, I was like, okay, I guess I'll retweet it, because, you know, if he's not mad at it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, people, uh, that w- that was still going around, like, days later. Like, I would still see things, like, bloop, mm-hmm. bloop. 
Uh, and thanks to Igor, because I at that point when I realized it was getting popular, I, I reached out to Liz and said, hey, can you talk to Igor about maybe putting a link to the actual episode on that April Fool's joke? So maybe we can get some. <laughs> some yeah, cool. right. Like now that you're here, now that you've been bummed out, maybe listen to this podcast. Yeah. And so <laughs> thanks, thanks to Igor, a.k.a. the Russians, for uh, oh, making that happen for us quickly. <laughs> People were pissed off. People were pissed off. Oh, memes job, flying. I feel like yeah. some folks were using the uh, Abrogiev yeah, to uh, throw yeah, yeah, some yeah, I think Abrogiev got involved. It was, it's good cross-pollination. Yeah. And, uh, yeah brand yeah. Vertical, verticalization, if that's a thing. Uh, but uh, before we go to the interview with uh, Sterling K. Brown, mm-hmm. one last thing. Uh, it's funny. I saw yeah. the headline for this. I thought, is this guy being a jerk? But then it was like clearly a fan who was just sort of yeah. you know, like, it was almost clickbait. And it worked because I clicked on it. But you talk about Kevin. Yeah. So uh, at Picture Lock Show, uh, at Picture Lock Show, his name is, I, I think his real name is uh, Kevin Sampson. And I only mention that because he runs uh, PictureLockShow.com. Uh, which is you know talks about movies and and uh, does film reviews and things like that. Uh, really interesting site. He he wrote an article called uh, the title is, it, title is top five reasons Denzel can never come on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I had the same thought too. Like well, who? What the hell? Is he who the what, hell are you he? telling us? He what's probably not going to happen with you? Right <laughs> with but anyway, who the yeah. hell do you think you is? Yeah, but uh, he wrote a very thoughtful. He wrote an article that uh, I think, you know, we've we've thought about. I think a, a lot of these things, um, but they have five very you know good reasons. Um, I, I can go through them really quickly. Number five is that uh, you know we have to cover all the Denzel films first before he comes on the the podcast, which I yes. I agree with. We don't really no, only have true. a few a handful more. Before no, we, yeah, it's funny. We're sort of. I mean, I think we've had some great guests, and so we have. We haven't really. We haven't actually done a straight up review in a little bit, but I think you people. Hopefully, people have enjoyed the guests. But uh, they we haven't done have, a new review. Yeah, we've gone back. We haven't and, seen. Yeah, so that's that's true. Um, and Magnificent Seven is coming out. Um, I don't know when that comes out, but uh, it's September. 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 Okay. Um. So. So that's one. Yeah. That's a. I think that's a legit. Uh, reason. Yes. But then he can come on the podcast, right? Once yeah, he, I, think he's, he, I think he's waiting for that. Yeah, no, he yeah he sent me a text. Um, number four is a uh, closet Denzelitz, and uh, I got to read this one again to figure out what he <laughs> he, includes, he includes the. Uh, uh, there's a clip from Training Day, and the title it's a YouTube clip embedded in the article, and the the, it, the title is Denzel. Do you know you like to get wet? That's what I'm talking about. Shout out. Dave Zyron. Uh, that, that, yeah, so Closet Denzel's, quite frankly, the podcast is such a niche subject, he writes, that if you're a true fan of it, it feels like you're a part of a small of a club that only a few know of and mm-hmm. understand. So when Bell and Avery bring celebrity guests on, it's either a mouthwatering sip and tea session that gives fans an inside perspective <laughs> on classic films we love, mm-hmm. like Spike Lee or David Allen Greer, or it's a, I ain't know Ava DuVernay, Ryan Coogler, Issa Rae, fill in the blank, love Denzel 2 communion fest. Yeah. So he's saying... Uh, basically, so it's you can't lose with each podcast is what he says. So basically, if, if he comes on, it's podcast over. <laughs> like, yeah. Because yeah. you can't, I mean, no, you can't go from like, you know, man, last week we had Denzel. This week it's Baron Vaughn. No offense to Baron Vaughn. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get him on soon. <laughs> we love you, Baron. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then number three is uh, no more guests. 
it, it's chess. It ain't checkers. And uh, Space, also, I guess that's actually the thing I was talking about before. Yeah. yeah um, after Denzel, you'd have to. You'd really after Denzel, you'd have to get like maybe you get follow with Pauletta. Yeah. Who? Yeah, I mean Pauletta. You, President then Obama. You have to really, sh- yeah. You'd oh, have yeah. to find someone Obama, so far. Pull, pull something from Marin's card. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or Michelle Obama. Or like straight up like high school football coach or high school basketball. Like you'd have to go really like like <laughs> old school. <laughs> school football. Oh yeah, somebody oh, yeah, from, totally. Somebody from the saying. boys and girls club that he was, you know, when uh-huh. he was a kid. Yeah. Um, and then number two, it says uh, the daydream will be fulfilled. And um, it's similar to the third one, except that this is sort of, I guess he's saying that once you have him on, the the magic of the show is is sort of, you know, yeah. we've all fantasized yeah. about this for so long that yeah. it'll be like, now what do we do? It's funny. What if this happens? Not that we have any, just to be clear, we're not saying that we have him booked or anything or mm-hmm. even trying to at this point. But what if we had a moment but he was terrible? <laughs> Like, what if we got the Denzel who people talk about sometimes who's not interested? Like, you know, which I don't blame him for when you do a trillion em- interviews. So if yeah. he just got on and it was just like, he was like, he was like staring at his publicist the whole time. Like, and just didn't like, yes. What, was it fun to do Malcolm X? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's cool. He kept looking at, <laughs> kept looking at his phone every now and then. Yeah, I kept you know. looking at his phone. <laughs> like, that would be the last episode. Just like. Denzel, okay. of all the films you've done, I don't, I don't look back. I look forward. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, looking okay, forward, okay. I don't look forward. I look at I'm in the present. <laughs> well, in the present, I'm in the present. It's already the past. Oh, I'm God, looking at my phone. Just a bunch I'm of looking fortune at my phone. cookies. Yeah. Uh, that would be really. I, I, God damn, that would be pretty. Uh, that'd be amazing in and of itself. Just yeah, yeah, no, weird. It, it would get press in that if it was just like, because especially if we spent an hour with him and it was like really not good. Or it escalated into some bizarre argument. Oh, that would be best. Oh, that's what I want. I want you, Denzel to come with that's if, if I brought, Here's what I, mostly I want it to be a great revealing interview where we really get to fulfill all of our Denzel question fantasies. <laughs> or you and Denzel to get into a fist fight. Why, why would just, he and I get in a fist fight? Why not just you and Denzel? So I'm like for the two of you. Like you're not a, you're not a fighter. <laughs> He's not. He's unflappable. You're not. A, so if you you're not him, a fighter. You're not a fighter. Yeah, but you're dude. less not a fighter than I. Am. Dude, I mean, you're more. You're, you're more, more awkward. You are more awkward. I was an athlete in high school. That is athlete and fighter have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> just because you jump the triple jump, I'm just saying. I'm just saying hands. you are more. You're more likely to like trip over your shoe as you're trying to like okay. lunge at him or swing. You know, okay, Kevin. Just, you know why I wasn't an athlete in high school? Because I was actually taking kung fu classes. <sighs> yeah, here we yeah. Go. I was actually ac- I was actually right, learning how to here fight. Here we go with the kung school. fu class. Okay. Just because you uh, okay. won special teams on the JV as a senior, no, I don't was get a all, don't get it twisted. I was a wide receiver. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 on JV just because you were senior in high school on the 8th grade team as the star wide receiver don't act like uh, you know how to throw hands oh boy I wasn't even I didn't even start yeah, um, so, so yeah so but I, yeah so either, either, <laughs> either I, a great episode in my or, mind though I did just picture this super awkward fight <laughs> where like bottles are knocked over oh we're all God. stumbling like, backwards yeah, equipment's broken I'm like break it I'm like sort of <laughs> want to break it up but also be like well Denzel needs to kick his ass I think I would only break it up if it was clear he needed like he was losing but if he was like whooping your ass I'd have to let it go Kevin Thanks. just so you know wow I'm uh, not not that mm. I'm just come on Denzel Washington beats you up. You would you'd be able to dine off that forever. If well, you I beat would up tell Denzel that story Washington, for days. If you beat up Denzel Washington, Years. you can't you can't leave the place you are ever again in life. 
There's a universe though where some, someone who who like kicked Denzel Washington's ass would be bragging about that. No, and people would be like, "Yeah, what? but that's not you." That's no, people not would you. not know what to think. But like, th- there's that dude like I kicked Denzel Washington's ass. You know, like no, it, that's almost old a, man story. Yeah, but it's just I mean to, to sort of before we get to we need to get to the number one reason and then get to Sterling. But mm-hmm. basically, it's the equivalent of like Cat Williams getting beat up by that kid. Cat Williams beating up the kid. Really bad look. <laughs> 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 it's just like that. There's no way out of that. There's no way. You know, he can turn the fact he got beat up by a kid into a fun story, but beating up a kid, that's a, that's not a fun story. So you beat Denzel's not a 15 year old kid. Yeah, at that point, they'd be like, he is 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we both know, though, that Denzel has some moves. No, he does. He boxes. Not, no, he, yeah, he boxes. But still, I also I'd like to see him fight for real. That'd be fun too. But anyway, the number one reason why Denzel can't ever be on the podcast, according to uh, according to Kevin Sampson, is the, the show, show is, is over. Do you think that's basically, true? All these things are basically yeah. I absolutely think it's. I mean, n- no spoiler alert. I think that if we get Denzel, goodbye. I think I think the show's over, and then maybe we reunite every now and again to review a new Denzel Washington movie. I don't know. I think this. I think or to talk show, about the time we had Denzel on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We re, right, I, that's true. There's the post Denzel episode. I think that's yeah. true. You definitely get that. You definitely get. We that. yeah. We definitely have to have the podcast episode afterwards where we're just like, oh god. god. Yeah, the way we did with Spike Lee. I think he 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 has earned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. All yeah. Right. Well, but again, thanks PictureLockShow.com. Yeah. Uh, uh, go to yeah. Go to go to the website. Check it out. Kevin Sampson does a great job. It's uh, if you, especially if you're a big movie fan, uh, this dude uh, has it all there. So interviews and and you know podcast. He, he does a podcast and reviews and all that stuff. So check it out. PictureLock.com. Picture. I'm sorry. No. 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 PictureLockShow. Dot com. It's PictureLockShow.com. Preach. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, we'll take a little break, and then we're going to come back with uh, Sterling K. Brown. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm. It's like Netflix for podcasts. With Howl Premium, you get exclusive access to dozens of Howl original miniseries, like The Mysterious Secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium, a richly sound-designed adventure comedy starring Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. I'm telling you, it sounds like no other podcast you've ever heard. You get access to all of this on your iPhone, your Android phone, and on the web for only $4.99 a month. Use the promo code Denzel at checkout, and you get a full month free. That's at Howl.fm. Welcome to Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period with W. Kamau Bell, Kevin Avery, and special guest from the hit show People vs. O.J. Simpson, it's Sterling K. Brown! Yeah. And the crowd goes wild, yeah. That was Sterling K. Brown providing the noise of the crowd, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, y'all? Welcome, Welcome sir. For having me, fellas, I'm glad to be here, man. This is cool. Real cool. It's cool for us. I mean, you are, uh, you know, on the hottest show on television right now. That's what people tell me. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's what people you. tell me. It's been a good, nice little water cooler moment. It's been cool. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. It's a it's the and and uh, yeah. So welcome to the show, Kevin. I want to make sure I don't uh, just keep talking because I can talk about this. Yeah, uh, the writers' room talks about the show. Uh, I have been watching. I'm behind, but I am okay. riveted. And, what episode uh, are you on? I'm on th- four. I've, I think I'm on episode four. Okay, um, okay. But uh, it's funny because you know I I was watching the show and then and for me I had this moment where it was like, wait, that's the brother from Supernatural. 
Like I, <laughs> oh, that's where Kevin gets in when the geekdom happens. He's like, when it gets geeky, he's like, wait a minute, hold on now. I, gotta I get so many Gordon Walker fans, it's not even funny. And that show, like, honestly, I get, there's Army Wives, there's Supernatural, and now there's the People versus O.J. Simpson. So yeah. that, that happens a it's, lot. It's funny because you are, I think, uh, in some sort of funny way, because we are all sort of acting like you just, for many of us, it's like you just were birthed yesterday. Or, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, for, even on the show, we follow a lot of black actors. There's a lot of careers, a lot of black actors, but I felt like I was like when I first started watching shows. Did Christopher Darden have a son who looks just like him and became an actor? <laughs> Not just like him, better looking. Let me be clear about that. You know, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, but but yeah, and and then I look up here like, oh, this is some new actor who just came on the scene. Nope. You look up the IMDb and it's like, oh, this is like a, a like a list. <laughs> yeah. dude, this this brother's been working. working. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute, man. Like, I've been out of school. I went to NYU for grad school, got my MFA in acting there, and I've just been trolling around for the past 15 years. I <laughs> uh, did a show called Army Wives on, on Lifetime television yeah. for women, so mm-hmm. I understand why you didn't check it out. It's all good. Don't hold it against you. <laughs> you know, a lot of you know, brothers are trying to pretend like that. I don't know you from Army Wives. But right. There's, no, there's every once yeah, in a while, right. like some military cats will be like, yo, yo, I really enjoy your work on Army Wives, son. And I'll be like, yo, thanks, bro. Like, how'd you use yeah, my wife? But now I just watch it myself. <laughs> Because it's good. This shit is good. So I'm like, yo, thanks, man. Appreciate it. But yeah, no, to to get to this moment in time where people are actually like stopping me because of the show, um, I'm not used to it. It's yeah. completely uncharted territory for your boy. I'm just enjoying it while it goes. Yeah, because you're sort of a victim of that thing. Like I talk to people all the time. I mean, Kevin talk about this. There's too much TV right now. There's a ton. There's too There's much. A lot. There's, so you can't you can't keep up with all the critically acclaimed things. It used to be with back, you know. Back in the day, three networks, you could keep up with all the four good shows. Right. But now it's like there's two. So Army Wives is a show I certainly had heard of, and yeah. I certainly had seen the posters, but you weren't in those posters. I was not. <laughs> Even though technically I was an Army wife because my character was a civilian. He wasn't yeah. in the Army, and my wife was the uh, one who was military. Oh, but wow. here's the interesting thing. When it came to promoting the show and they were going to make the poster, people would be like, yo, Sterling should be on the poster. And then the publicity would be like, what's it going to look like having this brother in the middle of all these women? Uh, yeah. And I was like, like, you know, I guess I'm <laughs> a different show. You got, you got the victim of not of uh, not being a lady. Yeah, totally. They thought like my character would have been a pimp or something like that. Oh, that oh, that's funny. The black, a black guy on the poster with all those white ladies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he, oh that must be. Oh, it's like a late night sexy show. <laughs> While the men are away at the army, this brother's taking care <laughs> of the wives. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it would have looked like. Yeah, yeah, probably. That's so, my that's my pitch for the next season of uh, for the, for the reboot of Army Wives. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. But, but, so uh, yes, on top so, of that, your Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is out right now. You are in that as well. I am. So I, am. Uh, you, I haven't yeah. even got a chance to see it yet. To be perfectly honest okay. with you, I've been so busy with the promotion for the show, and I'm doing a play downtown in Los Angeles right now by Susan Lloyd Parks. Like it's been a crazy, wow. crazy time for me. But I had a great time working with Tina. She gave me a lovely shout-out the other day talking about wanting to change her Emmy status so she could vote for me. So shout-out to you, Tina Fey. Thank oh, you for wow. the love. There you go. Yeah, you, you, it's, I mean, we talked about this before we turned the mics on, but it's like that whole, like, it takes, what, 10, 15 years to be an overnight success thing. Something like that, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Hopefully I put in my 10,000 hours and it can just keep getting better from here. That's that's the goal. Yeah, we talked about before. I think you got about 30,000 hours in. You just forgot to get your card punched. Possibly, bro. <laughs> Possibly. It's, it's, you put but your time it, in. It's, you know, it's so interesting to be able to sneak up on people like mm-hmm. this has been really cool because I mean even going into the room and having Cuba and Sarah and Courtney and Travolta and all these people Nathan Lane and I sort of just kind of got a chance to surprise people yeah um, I hope I keep getting to surprise people with different sorts of things you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying but 
right now, it, it's a good feeling to get the recognition that's coming. Well, you know, this is Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of yeah, all time, period. Jack. And one of the things we talk about is the whole idea of, uh, of you know, Denzel, he sort of is the standard bearer for, especially for black actors. You sure. Know, like he's the, everybody sort of wants to try to, would like to try to have a career like that, where it's right. like critically acclaimed and also commercially successful, but also is a, in the same way Portier was a standard bearer. Yeah. So this is, you officially have entered to this whole next Denzel conversation. Uh, thanks to the show. If that's the case, then I'm not mad at it. it like, honestly, man, like, Success, the way in which I define it, is to be able to go from job to job, to be able to pay your bills, to not have to have a day job. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's success. So I've been successful in that way for the past 15 years. If now different doors start to open up for your boy and I... What happens now is like people will be like, oh, you rolling from Army Wives. Oh, you that dude from Supernatural. And even to a certain extent, you the dude who plays Darton. Now, one day, <laughs> one day, maybe, people yeah. will be like, that's Sterling K. Brown. Oh, snap. Like, that's what yeah. I think. Denzel, yep. you don't know Denzel by his character's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's Denzel. There you right? go. That's there when you you're go. part of the conversation. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you got one of those names where they can just we can just refer to you by your first name. You most like, definitely It's can. very clear, like that Denzel, Idris, Sterling. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's not dude. too many Sterlings out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's but, Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, you got that name. I, I want to say that, you know, I've been, just in watching the show, uh, and, you know, as we talk about the next Denzel, for me, and look, it's obviously about O.J. It's really not about O.J. Simpson. Yeah, it's funny. It's actually not really about O.J. Simpson. lawyers and stuff. <laughs> it's not. But yeah. as I've been watching, it feels like, I, and I swear I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but it, it it's... Ooh, I just sorry hit it. So good. Like that was the it. button. That was the alert to let me know you're blowing smoke up your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, it's it's very interesting watching the the. The cases being put together and stuff, and it almost feels like Sterling is uh, uh, your little your character your character Christopher Darden is uh, sort of the center of the. For me, I'm watching yes. the story and I'm like, what's what's happening? Like, how is this brother gonna be a part of the case? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's very it's been very interesting watching how you ended up be, being a part of of the case and working on it because you're in a very you know, Christopher Darden's in this very unique position of kind of like, well, you work at the at the, the firm there, uh, and you're sort of watching it on the sidelines for a minute. You're 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 watching the people in Los Angeles, you know, black folks in LA saying, Well, I think he's I think he's innocent. I think he, you right. know, so you have this very interesting perspective, and it's been it's been really kind of cool watching Darden go from this guy who's kind of just watching it with everybody else, seeing a little bit of what the lawyers are doing, and then suddenly, like, oh, I'm about to be in the middle of this shit. It's and been, that's, that's what's fascinating to me. It was what was fascinating to play. He was in a very interesting sort of crossroads of being the black face of the prosecution. Yeah. Uh, where the majority of black America was very much on the side of the defense, on the side of O.J. Simpson. Here you have this one person, this one man who's being broadcast to, over, to millions of televisions across the country who's now on the side of the prosecution. And the way in which Darden was torn apart by the black community. I mean, this mm-hmm. brother was Uncle Tom, sellout, coon. He got death threats on the regular. Because um, Johnny Cochran was just so smooth. Yeah. So yes. polished, so clean. He was the hero of the trial, if you were yeah. black American, right? So he, if, you, if he's that, then the other guy necessarily has to be the fall guy. He's got to mm-hmm. be the villain. Um, so it was so interesting for me to step into his shoes 20 years afterwards 
where I used to think that, you know, I mean, being yeah. perfectly honest, like, yo, why is he trying to do this? Why is yeah. he trying to, like, you know, bring this brother down? Doesn't he understand? Like, how many of us get to realize the American dream? Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> oh, now you, you segued into it, Johnny Cochran. Right? I know. <laughs> now, to be him, to be the prosecution, to see the evidence that they were presented with, you know, it was one of those things where he was simply trying to do his job. Like, yeah. all the other stuff that got added on top of it was unfortunate and unwarranted, in my opinion. Uh, and that's not to say Christopher Darden is a good man or a bad man, but he yeah. was a man just trying to do his job. Well, that's uh, we're going to talk more about this about the show because I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of things mm-hmm. you said. In, and I'm going to just say this so I can remind us or later to talk about it. I think it's interesting that one of the first scenes in the first episode is you and Johnny Cochran being sort of friend, or you and Johnny, Starden yeah. and Johnny Cochran sort of being friendly or sure. at least on some sort of like they clearly have a relationship. And that was, of all the facts, that's the one I was like, wait, what? Yeah, man. <laughs> and so we won't talk about that later. But okay. before we get too far into it, we've got a working black actor in here talking <laughs> about next Denzel status. This is Denzel Washington, the greatest actor of all time, period. Our Denzels are waiting. What are your top five? Yeah, man. Denzel Washington films of all time, period. And you have to rank them. You can go from one to five or five. <laughs> ah. to oh, all right, this shit was hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going through the whole filmography, man. And I was like, he, oh, man, he's done a lot of good movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I didn't know too much about this Denzel guy, but he's, he's decent. He's you were binge watching all weekend? You like, know what I'm saying? So, Malcolm okay. X, you say, huh? <laughs> I have, I'll, I'll go one to five oh. slash five A. Uh-oh. Um, Sounds like we got some coogling. There, there's a little yeah, coogling right. happening here. He had he had the nerve to try to squeeze eight up into this joint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna try to roll with six. Okay, okay. all right. Since you're on a hot streak right now, brother, we'll let. All right, you all right. I appreciate it. And if I have to like knock yeah. it out, I, I might be able to talk my way and knock one out. Okay. All right, Malcolm is number one. Okay, right. Well, right. just quintessential performance. Like when Al Pacino won the Oscar that year, I was like, oh, this is not real. Okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Malcolm X, the man transformed himself completely. And it's all, let's just talk a little bit about that because you're playing a real character, a real person in this thing about yeah. the challenge of like how to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, a huge challenge because yeah. most characters you get to just go off of your imagination, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have real life footage of somebody, you have to, you got to pay homage. You got to try to do that right because when people see you play that person, they have to recognize at least a kernel of who mm-hmm. that person is in your performance. or Otherwise, you don't get a chance to take him along for the ride. Yeah, and what yeah. Denzel did with Malcolm, being as dark-skinned as he is, <laughs> he still killed <laughs> That's why we talked about that. I'm glad you bring that up about the yeah. fact that, like, because this is the whole, and we've talked about this several weeks in a row, but we can go again if you want to, but the whole Nina Simone thing about, like, Denzel didn't yeah. lighten his skin up to play Malcolm mm, X. He no. just sort of, he just, as he said, channeled the spirit is what he tried to he do. He channeled the yeah. spirit of Malcolm X. I'll get into Nina Simone later because i got to finish my list. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh-oh. Number two, Glory. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, yo, I remember the first time that I saw that movie just moves me, yeah. continues to move me to yeah. this day. And when I, I shot a TV show called Army Wise in Charleston, South Carolina, which is where the 54th was supposed to be, and the beach where they were like storming, like I actually was oh, on that yeah. beach and saw Fort something and all this stuff, and it just sort of like got me wow. that like these men were representing us in that way at that time. Denzel's performance, I think that was his first, that was his first Oscar, right? It was his first, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the, Denzel, the Denzel tier, while getting whipped, it's something that I've tried to emulate throughout my career. Just the one teardrop. <laughs> you'll, see you'll see it from time to time. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Time He's working time. on his glory tier. Yeah. Okay. He's working on the glory tier. Breaking news. All right. So number three. Oh, man. This is when that all gets sort of convoluted. Uh-oh. Here's where, yeah, the, yeah you, you went real, you were real big time. For, Nobody can argue with number one and two. First two. Strong. Both Academy Award winners. All right. Number yeah. three is Mo Better Blues. 
All right. I'm putting oh, okay. another Spike joint up there. Yeah. Um, Bleak Gilliam, man, was... There's this scene in particular that my mom and I will talk about when he's going back and forth between his two two ladies, when he's going back and forth between Spike's sister mm-hmm. and Clark Bonaparte, and he's just confused and he doesn't know who he's sleeping with and he just has this dead stare into the camera. <laughs> like, that shit gets me every single time. And the jousting that he had with Wesley. Like, yes. a, a lot of these yeah. movies you'll see for me, have a lot to do with the fact that he has other people to spar with who are on his level, mm-hmm. right? Like, I enjoy when it's Denzel, solo hero, doing his whole thing, but when he yeah. has somebody who's with him that forces him to, like, step his game up in a whole other way, mm-hmm. that's the shit that really gets me excited. Yes, Okay. Yes, yeah. All right, so that was Mo Better. All right. Number three. No, wait, no, wait, no, that was number three. Quarter, number four. Was number three. Crimson Tide. Crimson there Tide. we that, go. You yeah. just made Kevin happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Tide, man, him and, and um, oh, God, Hackman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, is it true that some of that movie was ghostwritten by Tarantino? Yes, Like the whole horses. Yep. And the Silver Surfer yeah. thing. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's also true, apparently, that when he came to the set as a ghostwriter, that Denzel confronted him about his use of the N-word in his movies. Did they he really? got into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he yeah. probably did. I mean, if, would he shrink down to Denzel? Probably not. He's pretty bold. Tarantino. I don't know. I feel like he may not think he shrunk down, but he probably got quiet. I feel like he, if Denzel unleashes on you. Maybe. He, quick, quick thought about that Tarantino tangent, right? Yeah. T- favorite Tarantino movie, yeah. Inglorious Bastards, right? Yes, that's a, yeah. Inglorious oh yeah, Bastards. that's what brought me back to him. I was like, okay, you yeah. do know how to make. He movies. destroyed <laughs> it, and and, and Django is not a bad movie. Django is a good movie. Yeah, but Django mm-hmm. is not on the level of Inglorious. And in Inglorious, you're not throwing out, you know, K I K Y K E or K I K E like every other word, you know. So you don't need it. He just likes it. Okay, I just feel like I just feel like just as we're on the Tarantino tangent, I just feel like. Quentin Tarantino's worst advocate is Quentin Tarantino. Right. Like, if he yeah. had Samuel L. Jackson do all his press, sure. I would probably feel differently about you it. You probably would. Mm-hmm. I, like whenever, I agree. Whenever Tarantino talks, like, during his Oscar speech, I think he thanked himself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was something, like, where he thanked, he's like, it's all about the casting, and it's like, dude, you're the person who did, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was something where I was like, like like the Matt uh, Matt McConaughey thing, where I think you're thanking yourself. He did. Yeah. From yeah. five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so back to <laughs> last, last one. So there's two f- films that I have on my list, but I think I'm ready to declare. Okay. The two films that I have are Devil in a Blue Dress in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, but I'm actually going to go... Wow, wow. Those are, first of uh, all, let's just, let's, Kevin, let's just talk about that. Yeah. Those are, those, those are very, two very different... Uh, very different movies. Devil in a Blue Dress yeah. is sort of like, as we talked about, maybe the sexiest Denzel on camera, mm-hmm. just sort of down in the, yeah. you know... Uh, walk at the iconic, like the walk at the end, and sort of with you hitting my spot, you hitting my spot, you're hitting my spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the birth of Don Cheadle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, Mouse, yeah. please. Mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He destroyed that. Okay. Yeah. But two very then, quintessential uh, Denzel films. They're two very kind of you're getting the ultimate Denzel in Philadelphia, but a different yeah. version of that, and kind of the ultimate Denzel in Devil in a Blue Dress, but a different version than, mm-hmm. you know, than Philadelphia. Right. Mm-hmm. The one that I, I'm going with, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. All right. Because uh, he, I don't think he got a, the love that he deserved for Philadelphia. Nope. I definitely think he deserved the Best Supporting Actor nominee for his performance. Yes. And as, as wonderful as Hanks was, I, his the movie would not have been what it was without Denzel. And what I nope. appreciate, it was so naked. Like, he was, he gave himself the freedom to be ugly, to not be like a perfect human being who had like his whole issues with homophobia, but was able to sort of deal with those issues and still give this man the best defense possible. I I think it was one of the most beautiful performances of his career. I have a question 
about that movie since you're talking about the, the, the him being ugly and, and letting himself be this person. You know, he's homophobic. He's, you know, uh, if he had won best best actor, best supporting actor uh, for that, whatever the category. Do you think people, because, you know, him winning for Training Day, sure. he gets a lot of backlash. Uh, right. You know, black folks are upset. Well, why has he got to win for that? Because he's portraying black people in a bad light or whatever. Do you think he would have gotten that same, backlash? even a little bit of the blowback for winning an Oscar for playing that type of character in Philadelphia? Why, for, because he was a homophobe? Is that what because he was a homophobe. I mean, it's because, funny. Which yeah, backlash are you talking about from black people? Yeah. The one because he's a homophobe or the one because he's defending a gay guy? <laughs> which yeah. Black yeah. people can have both sides this of that backlash. This is very, very true. I mean, he evolves into he evolves into this, ultimately, this good guy, obviously. But he starts when, you know, at the beginning of the film, he's sort of a, he's a, he's a bit of a, I mean, he's obviously, yeah. he's not Alonzo. Right, but yeah. I just wonder. But he's if, the, he's one of the many villains of the movie. He's just a yeah. villain who I mean, one, not it's a antagonist. I guess I would say not right. villain, but yeah, who becomes a protagonist? Yes, as, mm-hmm. as the movie goes, he's on. an unwilling protagonist, and then becomes a willing protagonist. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I, I Man, just we're putting all this your MFA to good use. Though no, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I think he would have got some kind of backlash? Maybe. I mean, like in terms of homophobia in the black community, it's a very Still, even in 2016, it can go all kinds of ways and whatnot. Mm-hmm. If he got it, I'm sure he wouldn't have cared one way or another. He took the role, mm-hmm. so he knew yeah. that there could have possibly been consequences. Whether or not he got an award one way or the other, like, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are people who had their reservations about him taking mm-hmm. the role, but he, he killed it, man. Like, that's what I love. When, when people do things that are not necessarily the popular choice, in spite of that, and still just stick their foot way deep up in it. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's funny. You basically just described you playing Chris Darden on the Pittsburgh Because <laughs> <laughs> of all yes. the characters to pick, if I had had my pick, I would have probably picked Marsha Darden before I picked for myself to play before I picked Chris. I mean, Marsha Marcia Marcia Clark, Clark before I picked Chris Darden because that's just like Marsha Clark can go to me if she was doing her job, blah blah blah. But Chris Darden, in the same way in Philadelphia, he's the lynch. He's the linchpin of the thing where it's yeah. like you sort of get because the funny thing about Chris Darden is that black people hated on him while at the same time also going, we know he did it. Right. <laughs> Dude, right? Hate on you for thinking he did it. Some people don't think, like, you know, when I first got this gig and I would talk to my wife, first and foremost, I don't think he did it. Oh. And I was like, really? She still, like, that, <laughs> she still buys into the idea that it was his son. Oh. That, she, yes, that, he, exactly. that his son and his ex-wife, like, set him up and all this sort of stuff, right? And it, as soon as I said, like, there's conspiracies that abound anywhere mm-hmm. I went, like, to, like, the police framed a guilty man or an innocent man yeah, or what have you. So yeah. I, for me, I didn't know if he was innocent or guilty. It was just the fact that the criminal justice system was working for yes. somebody that yes. looked like me yeah. rather than against us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. we were up at Stanford University going crazy, black community at Stanford, and white folks was looking at us like, why are you Negroes so effusive right yes. now? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because we we got yeah. off. We yeah. got over. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it to be Chris Darden now— um, like, it, it made me remember that, like, I didn't even think about the fact that two people had died. Wow. That two yeah. people had had their lives taken away from them. And so, like, like, honestly, my heart goes out to the Goldmans and the Browns, and I wish them a peace that passeth all understanding. But as far as Darden is concerned, that unpopularity, I, I did hear, I don't know if Nina uh, Jacobson or Brad Simpson, our producers on the show, told me this or not, but that there were people that they looked at who were interested in playing the part, some people with higher name recognition than myself and they're like I'm not gonna play him 
Like that's that's <laughs> wow. not that's not, that's not a good look. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yo, that's thank not you. a good look. That's not amazing. A, yeah, bro. To even, I mean, that's again back to sort of wrapping back to Denzel's that Denzel <laughs> takes parts often like throughout his career that not aren't necessarily a good look. Yeah. Because you know? I mean, even yeah. in Glory. That could have been played in a way that that character just seems hateful and and mean and not mm-hmm. and sort of like kind of the ultimate Uncle Tom, the guy who's like, I'm not helping no black people, right. you know, uh, I'm not even helping myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, no. But Denzel sort of leans into those things, and so with you picking Darden, because it seems like I mean, I would imagine, and we'll take a break in a second. It would be. It seems like it's like Courtney B. Vance playing Cochran. That seems like it's probably fun. Sure, you know, even though there's yeah. layers to that, but it just seems like you get to just sort of showboat. You yeah, know, you right. Know. Every pass is coming your way. You get to dunk it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. which is interesting because he is uh, a lot of times his. You know, the characters he plays are a little bit more pinned down. I feel are more sort of restrained, yeah. and it's when fun to see him go big. He normally gets like the he's a like he's all the time he gets the, like the police chief, who, you know, or the guy. Yeah. He sort of gets the the or in the preacher's wife, which he was in with Denzel. Sure, he sort of he does. He sort of like the good husband. He's doesn't the realize, buttoned up cat who doesn't get a chance yeah. to just like yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't know his wife is thinking about cheating on him with a ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not even aware of it. Uh, you know, so it's like there's really a sense that he yeah that he's really getting to flex his flex his muscles. Dude, the dude Courtney Bernard Vance stuck his foot so deep in this yeah. part and had he was so warm and so inviting to me because as mm-hmm. a, as a younger actor I've been watching his work for years and it's, and from theater too because he was in Fences with August Wilson the original Broadway production and all these oh, things wow. He was so cool and took me under his wing and was just like, look, we're going to do this thing together. Mm-hmm. And we had the most fun eviscerating each other on screen and then hugging it out when the camera was off. It was, oh, it was that's great. so funny. So great. Uh, before we before we take our break, so did you say you had some Nina related in your list or you or was that later? No, like? no, no. It wasn't It wasn't okay. Nina, but if we were going to talk about okay. it. Well, if we want to, I mean, we've yeah. been talking about I'm married to a black woman, so she's got a lot of things. Oh, good. A lot All of right. things. All right. Well, I'm married to a white woman, so I'm on the opposite side. <laughs> that's not actually true. That's not actually true. Actually true. Let's take a break and come back. Hi guys, Danielle Schneider here. Eileen, you've done it again. As you know, Casey Wilson and I are obsessed with all the Real Housewives. Eileen would be the cheapest, best date because you could give her Claire's and she would think it's Cartier. So that's why we started Bitch Sesh, a Real Housewives breakdown show. And we've got some really exciting news starting this week. We're going to cover the brand new season of Real Housewives of New York City. Yes! Is Erica here tonight? Maybe she is, bitches. So look for new episodes every Thursday morning. Bitch Sesh is coming to the Big Apple. Only on Earwolf. On this podcast, I'll admit you come off like a little nasty. Welcome back to Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period, with W. Kamau Bell, Kevin Avery, and Sterling! Yeah. I'm just giving you the That's one right. name treatment. That's right. <laughs> I like it. I can get used to that. I like just it. I'm one trying, name. To sort of, trying to start it off. Start yeah, it off. Yeah, Fan yeah, the yeah. flame, bro. Let's right, do yeah. it. Hashtag yeah. Sterling. Yeah. Denzel to know what's up. So listen, I, I just want to bring it back to something you said about the, you know, folks talk, having the conspiracy theories because it was a very interesting time where people were kind of throwing around all kinds of ideas of, well, who, did he do it? Who, you know, right. I feel like a, most black people... Even if you knew he did it, you kind of were trying to, well, but it could have been, maybe it wasn't him, you know. I mean, I'm of the point that even if his 
son did do it, OJ was involved in it. Like, I'm in the I, sort of like, that dude definitely belongs in something. Yeah. That dude has definitely got uh, blood on his hands in one way or another. You can't have all that blood evidence of just one person <laughs> and not be involved in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Form yeah. fashion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, my. Yeah, I remember my brother and I talking about this, and, you know, Brian was the first person to say, to, to sort of introduce the idea that maybe his son did it. And for the longest time, I you thought You mean the first person in your family, not the first person in right. history, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> ever. I was like, Ever. People are going to start looking that up on the internet. Brian Avery, the first person to put forth the theory that OJ's Brian introduced son. the concept that OJ's son may have done it. Uh, but, and, and I kind of went along with that for a little while. And then I just, it was everything OJ did after the trial. That's what, after that's the what thing really that dropped for a lot of people was yeah. his behavior after the fact. <laughs> yes. I, the book, if I had done it, here's yeah. how I would have done it, but I didn't but do not it. Only but that, if like, I had, like, here's Somebody's how I stealing have. his stuff and he's like, you know what, I'm going to go steal my stuff back. Oh. Like, bro, that's not a good move. <laughs> that was that was totally like, yeah, not a good move, first of all, not a good move. Don't, yeah. don't go steal your stuff back with a, with a crew of people who are all armed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also it was one of the things like the criminal justice system's like, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If OJ had jaywalked, they would have found a way to put him in prison for 20 years. Like they yeah. were just like, thank you. Yeah. We've been waiting for this you. Even though these cases have nothing to do with each other and yeah. not, and nobody's really hurt in the case you were involved in. We've been waiting for yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Plus, yeah. it's like you man, going to steal your stuff back. That's some shit that like your drunk uncle does on, right. when he leaves the barbecue. Like he announced, <laughs> I'm gonna go take my shit back. Yeah, and then yeah, they, yeah. Oh no. Oh no, no. Yeah, That's some, just, you know, just that, yeah. that's so and the show juiced. Do you remember the show Juice? Oh, this prank show. Ju- yes. Yes. He had a very briefly, surprise, surprise, a guy we know worked on it. He had, wait, OJ Simpson had a prank show? Had a prank show oh, called yeah. Juiced. Get the, what? Yeah, it didn't, it didn't, didn't last long, actually. No. Uh, <laughs> you could find it on, you could find it on YouTube. Oh, my God. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. You should have, yeah. Too bad you didn't know this sooner. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to introduce it as evidence in the trial. I'm on totally the show. honest. Yeah. Juiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of ours, uh, Harmon Leon, is a comedian who worked on it. And had, there's also, he's right. written about it, too, about how he worked on this show, Juiced. Yeah. yeah. It, and it was like, because it was after the, yeah, it was like. Oh, it's well after. And it's surreal. There's, oh, put it this way. There's one episode or one segment where well, so he you know, tries Kevin, to we've broken, sell we've the broken uh, Sterling K. Brown's face. His Dude. face is broken right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most insane thing. Yo, tell me about the episode. There's a whole, it's just he has it at like a, it's not even a car lot. I feel like it's at a, a gas station. And he is trying to sell his used Bronco. And there's literally, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think at one point he literally points out that there's kind of like, there's blood on it. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's a bit much. It's a it's bit, a bit much. much. And I'm like, well, if his kid had done it, then there's no way this guy is like, you know. Dude, I almost spit the water out of my mouth. You yeah, got no, you you the same thing I've ever I, heard. I can't even get into how... The rest of the show looks it's like all the uh, the bumpers in between segments are it's him in like it's not a strip club but it's him sitting in like a big chair and there are like half naked women dancing it's it's bizarre <laughs> oh my yeah, it's so absolutely we saying, insane it's the stuff he did afterwards the stuff that, that he did but, yeah, yeah yeah no I just it's a uh, so uh, so I want to talk about this too because it's the thing about this show and uh, and we, the, how this all came about with you being on the podcast just yeah. to let the listeners in it I started tw- like I, I, I condescended to the show when I heard about it I'm like oh boy okay even though and now admittedly I got hurt feelings from FX about another thing so that's that may be part of it. Uh, I was just like, I ain't turning on FX to watch this. I got you. Understood. And so, so I was just like, I, and then I don't know, I guess enough people start talking about it that I, one night, 
Like when I was like, it was like that thing where you're about to go to bed. You go, know, let me just turn this bull, you know, see what's going on. Here. <laughs> and then suddenly, four episodes later, it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh god, I need to go to bed. Like, <laughs> just like, and I started tweeting about it. And it's one of those shows. They're one of the rare shows. I feel like Game of Thrones is like this. Uh, and I don't watch that show, but I know about it. That people want to watch in real time, so yeah. they can talk about it while and it's that, happening, yeah, yeah, and yeah, tweet yeah. about or, or tweet about it as it's happening. Right. And so that's a rare thing in the current era. Like sure. you know, everybody else, people will wait. You know, Brother, people will wait to watch the Warriors game the next day. This but. is very true. I don't watch anything live, and now I've been watching this one live because it's been so much fun to tweet along with the fans as they're watching the show because the mm-hmm. ex- response is so immediate. And first time I've ever been a part of anything like this, man. Yeah. So it's been. Crazy, yeah. like just how connected people are to it. The whole obsession between uh, Chris and Marsha, mm-hmm. and like, will they or won't they? Sort of yeah. thing. It's, I know it's, it's funny. So it's also, it's like a, that's why it's like David Schwimmer went there to bring that Friends energy in there. Will they or won't they? <laughs> <laughs> but so I just want to say officially, this show is so good. It has made me. It has allowed me to forgive FX for canceling my TV show. Wow! So I, was, <laughs> I was like, it's. I, I stood up in my living room and clapped one night. I was like, it's. It's okay, FX. We're good again. So, Love with yeah. Landgraf. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Love with me and Landgraf. Me and John. I know he's worried about it. I know he probably brings it up whenever you're in meetings with him. Is Kamal gonna be okay? I don't know, John. I don't know. I know you guys talk at the black people meeting in the dark skin section. I let him know. I let, <laughs> I let him know, know that uh, I have forgiven FX because uh, this is. It's such a. I mean, there's this weird part of it that like the case was really the th- the part about it's like part of the show feels a little bit campy, yeah. but then the case was. Campy. Campy. Sure. So th- the part of it, so yeah. someone was like, is this too campy? I'm like, no, this case was, that was the whole thing about the case that was so interesting is that it felt like it was a production of a show. It was, sensation- it like it was so sensationalized, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, the camera's in the courtroom for the first time on a, on a major scale like that. The the prosecution And Judge Ito made sure they never thought to do that very too often again. No, no. <laughs> I mean, the prosecution not being camera ready at all, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? As opposed to this dream team that was used to, like, playing things out in the court of public opinion. They had, mm-hmm. their polish was game tight. Marsha didn't know what to do with her hair. Uh, Chris didn't know what to do with That hair scene hands. where she walks in after she gets uh, the haircut oh, and she dude. walks in and every and she feels like a million bucks and people let her know it's counterfeit <laughs> money. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh, oh I haven't no. even gotten to this. I, I don't it's think I've gotten to this Sarah. yet. Oh, I can't wait to see this. No, oh, yeah, I can't tell you too much. But no, tell us. No, go ahead, go ahead. People see this. We're eight episodes. The final episode is we'll air. We'll have air by the time we're on. Right. Yeah, this comes so Sarah, when she's shooting that scene, like she's just walking in and she's feeling all good about her hair and everything. And people like just start cracking up like because they had not seen the wig and they were seeing it for the first time and legitimately were like snickering. And she just sat oh, wow. and started bawling, bawling. And it was like, oh, man. Uh, and then you turned to her and it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> dark was ride or die before ride yeah. or die was coined. Like, that was, was going to have her back through thick and thin. Oh, my God. So let's talk about that. I, I've seen a lot of interviews with you, and people always ask this question. So I'm not going to ask this question because okay. I think it's the question is about uh, did they have an affair or not, which right. you can't know. No, you can't know. But you, the actor, I know actors sometimes make choices. Did you decide for yourself what you thought the truth was? Uh, well, I do. We have a scene in episode seven where there's a, almost the opportunity for them to hook up and get together. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to the producers about that particular scene. And they're like, yeah, you know, it looks like things are going to happen. They're going to pop off. And then there's a classic Darden fumble. And he just sort of like lets the whole thing slide. And I was like, well, what does that mean, a classic Darden fumble? Am I going to go in and like <laughs> kiss her on her earlobe and just like totally miss like her face or something? You, you like, like that? you headbutt her. And you know then what she I'm gets saying? knocked out. You call <laughs> right. She loses a tooth. Yeah. And yeah. then like, you know, it's yeah. I didn't want it to be something that was just corny, corny and, yeah. and silly. So 
in my mind at that particular time, it was a conscious choice in the middle of this media frenzy that we were in the midst of, her going through her divorce, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know what, although there's an attraction that exists there, it may be in both, both of our best interests if we just let this one slide. Mm. So that was my choice, and it sort of worked in thematically with the show in terms of the, the, the frigidness that developed between them as we go into the glove testimony. Yes, right? yes. You know, so that was my thinking on it. Like, Yeah, it does feel like that if something did happen, he didn't hit her spot to, right. to sort of cut back no, to the... To no, the, to I mean, or either, you know, he, he got his and didn't wait until yeah, yeah, she yeah, actually yeah, finished yeah, and yeah, got hers yeah, as yeah. well. So. Yeah. yeah, so that was the, the thinking that I had about it. But Sarah and I had conversations. I mean, when people spend that amount of time in the trenches with one another, going through the hell that they went through trying to win that case, mm -hmm. it's easy to see how something could have transpired. I mean, yeah. it happens to actors on sets all the time when yeah. you spend that amount of time with people. So, yep. you know, if it did, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, not to break any news, but me and Kevin have had those will they, won't they moments. No doubt. So, yeah, yeah, sure. No, no doubt, make, Jack. Right, Kevin? We, we still don't know <laughs> if we will or we won't. It's all very confusing. <laughs> I got to admit, it's mostly Kevin coming to me. I'm like, I'm married. Dude, I can't, can't make it happen. <laughs> Oh, uh, really? That's what you're going to say now in well, front of? We should probably not talk about it. As we say in front of company? I said that. I said too much. But no, uh, no judgment. It's funny. I'm just looking. I just pulled up the, because I was like, I forget how many episodes of the show there are. And I just pulled it up. John Singleton directed an episode. Yeah, man. He directed uh, The Race Card, episode five. That was the episode uh, <laughs> in which, like, Courtney finishes eviscerating me after I'm talking about whether or not we should use the N-word in the trial. Yeah. And then he just breaks me apart and then looks over at me and says, Nigga, please. <laughs> and, and look, John, John would shoot this joint like over and over again. <laughs> Because I think he was just giddy at the fact of Courtney. <laughs> Listen, Courtney B. Vance does not swear. He does not say dang. Oh, like, wow. he doesn't say anything. And so, like, repeatedly throughout the show, Courtney has to swear. Yeah. And it makes me almost pee on myself. <laughs> and that day in particular, when he, like, 17 times was just like, nigga, please. <laughs> Singleton was losing oh, his shit. Oh, that's so great. It was great. I mean, Courtney B. Vance is so good in this show. I've tweeted at him a couple times. He doesn't get back to me. I'm like... Can you just represent me if I get in trouble in real life? Like <laughs> right? I just feel like he would, he plays that lawyer so well he that he that you feel like I think you could just walk in the courtroom not know what you're talking about and people right. would people would you'd and swing. he can pull something out of his butt and make it work. Yeah, and so let's talk about because the relationship, the thing, like I said, the thing. There's a lot of things in the show that are reveals of things that nobody really was aware of yeah. or was talked about or that we couldn't know. But the fact that the show, when the first episode, oh, there's a scene with you and or with you, Chris Dard and Johnny Cochran, right. sort of clearly being friends or at least allies. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that was something I was like, I, that's not something I ever would have. Which then makes all the stuff later when Cochran is tearing him apart sure. just so much more painful. For so Garden. much more painful. Mm -hmm. so, the, um, so Cochran had been in the uh, in the DA's office, in the prosecutor's office. I think he had actually worked in a similar job to Darden at that time, which is the Special Investigators Division, which was in charge of uh, trying to indict uh, government officials. Mm -hmm. So when any time there was a crooked cop or something, it was Darden who was trying to get that indictment against him. Um, and so they had this friendship. They had a camaraderie. And Johnny Cochran was a huge figure in the Los Angeles uh, political legal landscape, and most definitely within that black you know, a aspect of that as well. So every black lawyer coming up after him looked up to him. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they got a chance to work together and then and are now for the first time on opposite sides of the aisle, it was uh, it was one of those things where he's trying to darden, assert himself and yeah. say like, hey, I'm a big boy now. I got my big boy pants on. We can do this. You're not my daddy anymore. We're yeah. brothers. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm going to show you who you're <laughs> 
scam. I'm gonna show you. Yeah. That is so so the, the and I, Kevin, I'll let you take the next one out this one because I'm just so I've been wanting to have these conversations. Uh, 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 there's the thing about your portrayal of Darden, and I'm not. I don't know how to act. I'm not. I don't know anything about it. I'm just from what I'm watching, just to be clear. Right. But there's this thing that your delivery, and I'm glad to hear you talk today because I'm like. Does he always talk like every word is painful? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I want to just piggyback on what you're saying. But go ahead, yeah. Because you're because you're very uh, right now very easy talking. Yeah. But I'm um, Darden. It's just the weird portrayal. And I watched some footage of Darden, <laughs> and there's some of that. But I feel like that's something you bring to it that is like actually like that. This dude is tortured. Um, Even in his pleasure, he seems tortured sometimes. Like he's like, "Am I allowed to do this?" I I felt like he was in the most. I mean, when he talks about himself, he says this was the most painful thing that he's had. To live through. Mm-hmm. I mean, not and, and things that we don't even show in the show. He lost a brother to AIDS oh. that was going on during this trial. Um, the death threats that he was receiving that we don't really touch on within the course of the, of, of the show. But it was something that was very <clears throat> deliberate and thoughtful. And I think that for him specifically, as opposed to, say, Johnny Cochran, words don't just necessarily flow out of him. You know, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. takes a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't get his pace, like, right from the jump street. So mm-hmm. it's him sort of wading his way into it until he gets to a level of being comfortable, which happens much later on in the course of the trial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin? it's sort of fascinating. I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, to bring it back to Denzel, we talk about the restraint yeah. and, and mm-hmm. as, as an actor and watching him do that. And it was very interesting to watch. Well, first of all, both legal teams. Yeah. So you have Shapiro and, you know, uh, F. Lee Bailey. And there's that one side that is, it, it was almost like watching two different TV shows, two different legal <laughs> procedurals <laughs> because, you know, you, you have the, you know, Kardashian and Shapiro and F. Lee Bailey, and they're a very big and very Hollywood. And each one of those characters can have their own TV show. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like, FX really then, wants to sort of squeeze anything out of this. You could just spin Shapiro into his own show, Cochran into his own yeah. show, F. Lee Bailey goes back to the South to practice right. into fictional, you know, or you have one show about them all founding their own legal team. <laughs> they're very, they were just, they were the very, this very Hollywood legal team. And then you have Darden and Marsha Clark and the office they're working in even is just, yeah. it's kind of a, this drab yeah. sort of some cubicles and stuff like yeah. that. Everything is sort of held back and uh, and almost sort of brown and not, you know, there, it's no, sure. there's no flash there. And it was no. very interesting to watch you uh, with this. Incre- yeah, it's like you said, everything felt painful. Even mm-hmm. the, the moment where I think it was where she asked you to join the team. Yeah. And you were like, okay. Because yeah, it's, it was one of those things where it just wasn't pure one, 100% one thing or the other. Like, yes, this was the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. This has the potential to change my life. But my daddy had already told me, yo, be careful. The idea of one black man trying to prosecute oh, yeah. another black man. And they even came mm-hmm. up with a term calling it the Darden Dilemma. You know what Ooh. I'm saying? Like, that became Jeez. popularized in 94, 95. And so he knew that, that while it's a good thing, it's not going to be the same thing for me that it's going to be for my white counterparts yeah. who mm-hmm. are part of this trial. Yeah. Right? yeah that's, and I think that, I mean, I, I've, I've seen a lot of things where Darden... Uh, said he hasn't watched it, and yeah. I know Marsha Clark worked with Sarah Paulson uh, somewhat on the on the. They got portray. a chance. They didn't work on the portrayal or anything, but they got a chance to like hang out and have a dinner yeah. and yeah. Have but a I feel like if I feel like if I was Johnny, if I was Christopher Darden, I I think you do a great job of showing him as a human, which was the last thing he came off as in that case. Right. Mm-hmm. He, that Thanks. you did a great job of really bringing that to him. Like, it's funny. 
like Sarah Paulson is so good. There's times I get as frustrated with her as I got with actual Marsha with, with Marsha Clark. Sure. It's like, well, come on, you. Uh, oh, that's right. She's an actress. It's not the same. She's just doing a good job. She's doing a good job, Kamal. Calm down. Uh, but then also the stuff about the divorce and her. There's, this, I feel like those two characters benefit the most from this show, and in some sense they should because they're the two we didn't we didn't know the most. Right. Yeah. And they got ran over by the whole idea. We got totally destroyed. And so and and, and like I said, being on the side of the defense very much 20 years ago. It was a really interesting experience to be a member of the prosecution and try to bring some humanity to that. I've had a couple of friends from undergrad and whatnot say, like, dude, you've completely changed the way in which I thought of Christopher Darden. And if that's the truth, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. definitely, I, yeah, I hope he checks. I mean, it's got to be hard to watch. How, because I know you didn't talk to him and mm-hmm. he, he didn't, I've heard he didn't answer your, uh, your queries. No. But, but there's just a sense of like, like we talk about Denzel playing Malcolm X. Denzel's played a lot of historical figures. Sure. I think all of them were dead by the time he got to them. Most of them died in the film that he yeah. was playing them in. Uh, that's how that works. But did you have feelings about playing a person who was actually walking around talking? I did. I mean, I, I just wanted to get it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I knew there was a real chance. I live in L.A. He lives in L.A. Oh, yeah. I knew there was a real oh, chance boy. that we would actually bump into one you another. You guys go into the same door at the black people meeting. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and if that happened, I would like him to be able to say, like, hey, job well done. Or I recognize yeah. a piece of myself yeah. in your portrayal of me. Yeah. So that was definitely yeah. in the forefront of my mind. Yeah, because I heard him say on Entertainment t- uh, Tonight, he said he thought uh, he, Denzel, he actually chose Denzel he to play him. He said Denzel and or Idris. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Chris. Well, hold on a minute. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. Yo, in his defense, if I had if I had a life story, I wouldn't mind Denzel playing. Uh, that's well, true. Of that's true. We all, I think that's every black man's we default all, answer. Yeah. No doubt. And then Idris is the new is the new uh, cool answer. But yeah. uh, I think I'm gonna go Sterling. You know, I feel like I'm feeling. I'll take that. Yeah, I feel like I'd like that. Big up, bro. Uh, so, so it, it's funny that it does this whole show brings up all these old issues and also shows how relevant they are to today. Yeah. That, you know, it's not like we was like, man, remember when the criminal justice system was crazy racist? (laughs) (laughs) And that case sort of shed the light on it. And now things are better. Right. And you're from St. Louis. I mean, from Missouri, Ferguson. Absolutely. So talk about that. Like, as far as the connections to the modern It's so interesting. I remember first talking to Nina Jacobson when I first auditioned for the show. And she was saying how much she didn't like Johnny Cochran Mm. 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. And she was saying, in light of everything that's been transpiring over the past couple of years, the ocular proof of black men dying at the hands of police misconduct. I mean, Ferguson, Staten Island, uh, Chicago, Cleveland, Baltimore. At this point, we can just just name every American city. Every city, basically. Like, how wonderful would it be to have Johnny Cochran here right now? You know what I'm saying? A legal mind with that kind of charisma that could actually speak to the problems of today and have his message delivered with the right messenger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? As opposed Mm -hmm. to... As opposed to O.J. Simpson, yeah. where it was a great message, it just wasn't the, the right, right message. Yeah, 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 you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was. It's amazing. I think it's one of the reasons why the show is really touching a lot of people. Other than the fact that it's entertaining, it is. You know, you got to be entertaining, but you you hook them with the entertainment so you can educate them about something as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Johnny Cochran would be a welcome addition to like black leadership right now. And Al Sharpton would be have way less frequent flyer miles. Probably. That way. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said that. Probably. That's, that, was a, that was a little Darden. Uh-oh. I might have, I might have oh, wandered into a plant bad place here. Kamal said that just for the record. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's funny. Thing. Like I said, it's it, there is parts of it that are, that I mean, what's it like hanging out with Travolta on set? 
Travolta's dope. Yeah. Yo, dude, let me tell you. I mean, there was so I spent like my first couple of days just being starstruck. Mm-hmm. Right? Like at my yeah, first. Yeah, because you were, I mean, here's the nothing. No, you were kind of like Christian Leitner on the Dream Team. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, definitely. And then wait, there's a dude, wait, Dream Team too, who played like for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I was talking to D Wade about this one time because his Was it Michael Red? It was red. It yes. was yes, 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 yes. And yeah. I was like, oh, dude, you like you remember red? Yeah. yeah. No. So I was kind of like that on this team. Yeah. And so First scene was with Courtney. I got a chance to geek out a little bit and then just like, all right, you can't be a fan and in the game at the same time. Exactly. So put your mm-hmm. fan or you're going to get dunked on every time. You know time. what I'm saying? Yeah. Take your fan yeah. hat off and get your game face on and let's go. Yeah. You um, handed him the ball to dunk. You know what I'm saying? And the, um, Travolta. Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, honestly, probably one of the nicest people that I've ever had the opportunity of meeting. Yeah. So incredibly sweet and warm and gracious. And the fact of the matter is, like, he's number one on our call sheet. He kind of helps to set the tone of what the set is going to be. Well, that, I would imagine because he's the biggest star there. Yeah. So if he shows up, if it says show up at 10 and he's there at 1230. Right. Then, it, uh, the whole yeah. thing sort of just goes yeah. down the drain. He was nothing but professional. I, I feel like when people are really good at what they do and are comfortable in their own skin, they don't have to play games in terms of making other people feel small or insignificant mm-hmm. and nobody ever made your boy feel like he didn't belong at the table so it was so in that way you weren't like Christian Leitner and that way I was not like because <laughs> they Cause certainly made, yeah. yeah yeah he got I, hazed just this is a, a tangent about that there's a dream team documentary where Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson still refer to Christian Leitner as that college kid <laughs> like <laughs> 20 years later whatever it is they're still like yeah. that college kid I'm like damn that's <laughs> that <hate> is real <laughs> or that wow. disregard is real yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would imagine that, I mean, and plus Travolta, the scenes with Travolta and Courtney, like, they both have mouthfuls of scenery. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're, they're going for it. They so it, went at it. It would be easy for you to be in those scenes and just sort of get, like, you know, you said bowled over, but right. you can't be a fan in the game. You can't be said. a fan in the game at the same time, bro. Yeah, yeah. Are there tricks as an actor you have to sort of uh, focus your energy and not, you know— not be a, a fan at the time, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I do know what you're saying. Um, I think for me, it's just like I was told in drama school, a teacher of mine would say, like, your time is your most valuable commodity. Like, be careful with the way that you use it because you can't get it back. So, as you're getting a chance to get prepared, and people may be fooling around and dancing, like Cuba's c- cracking jokes, like John will be like doing little dance scenes for people and whatnot, and I'll be in the courtroom walking around, like doing my lines. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. I was very, very aware of the fact that, like, Brown, you can't mess up the same way that everybody else can mess up yeah. and get the benefit of the yeah. doubt. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I would just be going over my lines, getting myself in the right headspace to execute whatever the next scene was. And once I was finished, then I could play around. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just mm-hmm. just trying to prioritize what needed to take place when it needed to happen. So you were, like, on set, like, like if I drop a line, I'm, suddenly Chadwick Bosman shows up and, oh, like... <laughs> yeah, in a heartbeat. Because, you know, the producers had already told me. They were talking about, man, we had the hardest time finding somebody to play Darden, and yeah. we were going to go to London and look for somebody there, and we were going to go to South Africa wow. and all this stuff. And I was like, bro, I live right down the street from Pico. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> give your boy a chance. Oh, that's so cool. Yo, to, to that extent, like, I, I do want to say, like, there's been this sort of, like, rash of, like, um, 
people of the diaspora who are not from this country, who are actors, throwing, throwing us Americans under the bus. Uh. And I want to say to you, I, I have mad love and respect for all actors from yeah. wherever you are. If you are from the diaspora, from 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 Africa and your yeah. your ancestry, there's no need to throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. There are mm. people with training. There are people who are capable of doing work at the same level, or if not beyond. So just game recognize game, and let's all do it together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I feel like I feel like we're the, the kind of the way you sort of talk about the humbleness, the be on time, and all that kind of stuff. I feel like those are qualities we've we've talked about it with another actor hmm. whose name is in this podcast. Hmm. Kevin, would you agree? Uh, I would. I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it seems you're like talking I'm, about you're talking about me. Yeah, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about. We're talking about that. Kevin Avery also very humble. No, <laughs> just wanted to also, clarify that. Also you know. on time, unless it's for the podcast recording. But other than that, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So talk about a little. We talked about your uh, top five Denzel Washington movies, yeah. but as an actor, just talk about what, like, I don't know, you know, what what he means to you as a as a you know, or what he has meant to you in your life, whether inspiration or if you've had real, I don't know, interactions sure. with him. Or I'll, I'll start with like one of my favorite quotes that I I think is assigned to him, and he may have stolen it from somebody else, and it has to do with like doing sex scenes, right? <laughs> because evidently somebody was telling me from Malcolm, like one of his co-stars, a female co-star, and he. He said to her as he was about to do the sex scene, like, hey, please don't be offended if I get excited, and please don't be offended if I don't. <laughs> wow. Right? Because when you're doing these scenes, right, you know, your uh, your anatomy has a mind of its own, so to speak, and you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, you get involved yeah. in the whole thing. So I've used that line on a couple of occasions, and it's worked out nicely. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's worked wow. out nicely. So I, I credit Denzel with that. But in terms of just, like, who he is and what he represents, like, I mean, he's clearly the biggest black movie star of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Sydney. He took that mantle over from Sydney. I don't even know if there's anybody who is, like, poised to be that next person. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people who are working and who are really great actors, but the combination of charisma and talent that he has, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, he's a sex symbol who can act his ass off. Yes. Right? Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if he's a sex. He's 60-something right now. No, he's still, it's funny, he still (laughs) gets that sex symbol appeal. Like, yeah. I've, I have a, a I do I do with a lecture at colleges where where I claim to end racism in an hour and I show pictures of Denzel and there's 19 year old college students go woo really? like he's still there's something about him that's that's timeless. Are you showing doing. Ricochet Denzel? Or are you showing? <laughs> no 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 I'm not showing. It's it's I would say it's it's not <laughs> Denzel today but it's Denzel and it's like he's in a tuxedo. He doesn't. Okay. It's not like he's not all. It's like yeah it's not naked Denzel. Gotcha but, gotcha yeah. gotcha gotcha gotcha. But no I mean it's it's been amazing and I think for a long time for me. People would be like, oh, yo, if they saw me do something that they liked and they thought was good, it's like, yo, you're going to be the next Denzel. And for a long time, it's like, oh, man, that would be cool. But then I realized, I went in for an audition, and I had been, like, watching some movies or something. And you know how it's sort of easy to fall into those patterns and start talking in that way and doing that whole sort of Denzel thing or whatnot. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? We, I was doing that, and this guy says, like, oh, man, you like a little Denzel. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. I didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> that impression is on fleek. I right, yeah. uh, get your uh, impersonating ass out of here. <laughs> but, but at the same, I realized like if I'm not trying to be authentic to who I am and bring what I have to the table, there can be only one. There's yep. just like the Highlander. There's only yes. one Denzel. So you yeah. got to give him the space to do him and try to cultivate what it is unique about you that you bring to the table to try to be your best self. So that's something that I've learned after time of trying to be something else. Oh, I'm enough. Like mm-hmm. I can, I can yeah. do this myself. But yeah, 
Okay. Well, yeah, through comedy. I mean, Kamau and I have sort of talked about this, just the stand-ups where you have to sort of figure out who you are right. and mm-hmm. what you do, and you can't be this person or that person. You can't go into, into an audition trying to be right. somebody else because you're just you're going to sound inauthentic and, you know. I, think, I mean, saw, I saw this doc about Richard where he was like sort of doing a Cosby-esque yep. sort of thing like yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it was just like he had like this vest on and like tie and everything. And it was just so weird to watch. Mm-hmm. And then he said like, you know what? That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And then the world shattered. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a, and it's interesting. I mean, if you had walked into it, because like I said, I've, I've been watching. It's The funny thing about this show, People vs. O.J. Simpson, is that it automatically leads you to your computer to Google things and to look at things. And yep. so, I've, you know, there's all these blogs that every, as soon as the show ends, they're like, here's here's what did happen in the case, and here's where the right. thing differed. And that, right. Most times you guys are right on. Sometimes it's like, well, yeah, they moved that around because it's called, they're telling a story. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and so, but I've been, so you go to YouTube, there's all this footage of the actual trial and stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And I remember back in the day, Watching the thing or listening to it and really take court TV was when that was a thing. Yeah, man. Uh, that then but now is true TV and doesn't do much of any of that <laughs> stuff. But uh, but yeah, like actually watching and taking it in. So you, I feel like there's those voices are in my head. And so to watch the thing and to, to listen to dark. If you'd gone in there and just done a Chris Darden impression, that's not going to get the role. But right. you said you went in there to sort of like be embody what it must like be to be what it must have been like to be that dude the essence you know what i'm saying like you got to get the essence of it and you know his speech patterns are different than mine so i you know there's some sort of duplication but not mm-hmm. an exact <clears throat> mm-hmm. you don't want a caricature you yeah. want something that mm-hmm. a form that is fully filled in because mm-hmm. it's the content that's going to sell on so on the camera rather than just like the outside form of the whole thing so it, you know i'd read his book uh, okay. In Contempt, I read Tubin's book. His book was very instrumental in terms of background information of where he was as an individual in that particular time in his life and just sort of settling into the complexity of what was happening. And I told I told Ryan Murphy when we were shooting this, I said, Ryan, I don't, I don't think he's going to watch it. And Ryan's like, everybody's going to watch it. I mean, like he wasn't trying to be, he's like, he's like, I know what the media press is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to check it out. And I was yeah. like, we'll see. And yeah. to, Sterling was right. Sterling was right. <laughs> Maybe a few years down the road, but not right now. Well, when you when you are cast as W. Kamau Bell in the Totally Biased movie, <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll try. I'm gonna I'm watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I I'm gonna check out that, that first episode. Maybe you'll uh, talk weirdly, to me a little bit before we start. Yeah, shooting. well, I'll give you some pointers. Uh, <laughs> I can actually all, see that. Put on I about, weirdly put on can about see 30 that. Pounds, sir. I can do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll need some bigger hair. I can grow it out. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. He's got. He's got the hair. Yeah. So we then we talking. Jesse Williams playing me? Is that what? How this is? <laughs> wow, Sterling, why are you laughing? Why are you? Uh, Sterling? No, yeah. no, I Sterling, see it. Sterling, why I the laugh? It's a good laugh. He's cleaning it up now. He's got too, the mop out cleaning up that to, laugh. He'll have to shave it because Jesse keeps that little scrag going, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And you're pretty yeah. clean shaven, don't you, Kevin? No, Kevin has like a he's no, clean shaven, or he has like a like the way his beard goes in looks like if he walked in the room, you're like, uh oh, what's that good dude doing here? He's got that kind of facial hair. Like, what? <laughs> somebody's what? rolled in here. That dude's. Looks like a Vietnam vet. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Patchy, patchy beard. He got patchy. So, no. Jesse will have to uh, de Jesse, Jesse Williams himself. My joint's pretty patchy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, before we let you go, first yeah. of all, thank you for coming by. Thanks for having you me. You are a busy yeah, schedule. Thanks. As you talked about, your time is valuable. I was like, oh, he's telling us to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> but also, I appreciate you coming by here to talk to us because yeah. this is, uh, you know, we... We celebrate uh, this podcast about Denzel Washington, but it's also about diversity and representation in Hollywood. And 
you know, you're further proof as we've done this show that we don't necessarily need one next Denzel. We just need a lot. He sort of kicked the door open and the door stays open for a lot of actors to come through. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we have like you and we got Chadwick Bosby said and like Michael B. Jordan. There's just, oh, man. It's there's almost, so many great actors yeah. out there right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody. There's enough food on the table for everybody to eat. I, you know, that's I'm just trying to get get some food. I want yeah, some yeah, meat yeah. and potatoes. Had enough salad. I'm trying to eat. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Anything else to eat? Nina Simone? Man, I, I get, you know, when I first saw that trailer, mm-hmm. right, and then I read, did you read Ta-Nehisi's, uh, um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was kind of brilliant. Yeah. You know, people say, like, you got to see the movie, you got to see the movie, and all respect. Well, I, you do, but you got to want to see the movie. You got to want to see the yeah. movie. <laughs> like, that's, how, that's how trailers work. Yeah, I understand there's a point in your career where you have to take whatever comes along. Um, uh, I don't think that. Um, yeah, you being here is proof of that. Yes, yeah, that, she, that she's in that place. And I, I get that she didn't know that she was going to get the makeup and everything like that, okay? But when you see it and you look yourself in the mirror, you mm-hmm. have to be able to say, like, I don't think this is a good idea. And this is not something that I necessarily need. I can appreciate you wanting the story mm-hmm. to be told, but there may be somebody else who can tell that story better than you mm-hmm. where this sort of backlash wouldn't be a part of it because now the story is about you in essentially blackface, and now people aren't even talking about Nina Simone and what mm-hmm. she was and who she is and how important uh, a figure she was. And, and part of her importance was not just the music, but, like, how she looked, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was her music was born out of a certain particular pain about mm-hmm. how she was received by America and that her physiognomy played part and parcel in that. So, you know, I don't want to get too into mm-hmm, it. Like, mm-hmm. I get... I don't want to even vilify. I just no, think, no. like, you know, hindsight 2020, it's easy for me to play armchair quarterback, but I would like to think that in the future you could take the moment and pause and say, like, maybe, maybe I should let this one pass. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. All right. All right. Hey, uh, Kevin, you got anything else? Uh, no, I, the brother just laid it out, you know. It's, it's it's funny. The thing I would say about, the one thing I would say about the uh, about her playing Nina Simone is, like, in some sense, I wonder if this is actually working out better for people's interest in Nina Simone. <laughs> Than if they had actually just released a good movie. Maybe. Because I don't know that that would have, you know, Nina Simone's not, she's famous among people who know her, but she's right. not. But this has become like one of those internet stories. I'm not going to say it's a national news story, but it's definitely like one of those internet Twitter that everybody's talking about this thing. And if some of those people go, let me go Google Nina Simone. Nina right. Simone, what is this? Oh, feeling good. Oh, Mississippi got right. that. that I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not, sure. I don't think that, that Zoe Saldana planned this. And I like Zoe Saldana. This yeah. is why mm-hmm. I saw it. Like, I, I don't think that she was... I think it was one of those things that she unwittingly fell into, and, or maybe yeah. even she thought like, "Well, when people I will, see my Nina, I, I don't know." Well, I, I think I think sometimes this is about Hollywood. It's a, especially when you're the sort of the central peg in a thing. And I have a little bit of experience this from Totally Bias, which is hmm. funny it brings up. It's like if you you lose a war by inches. And yeah. so you may go, so you get into that thing like, I'm going to play Nina Simone. And somebody goes, hey, would you like to uh, play Nina Simone? Oh, that's a little bit different. But, yeah, I think I can do a good job of that. Right. Okay, we're going to have to get an Afro wig. Are you going to get the most expensive one? Well, we'll do the best we can. All right. And yeah. then you're going to put uh, like a prosthetic nose. Uh, uh, oh, okay. And then black, like you sort yeah. of like, and yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. make all these decisions necessarily at once. And then right. suddenly yeah. you look up and then go, well, what story of Nina Simone are you telling? Well, this thing about her agent manager who, well, that's not really the guy. That's not really the main story. And suddenly you're in this thing where it's like, and you look up and go, 
it's hard to be in the middle of something that's, that has fallen apart and go, this is falling apart. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that level of empathy. And that's yeah, why I'm yeah. not trying to like come down yeah. super hard yeah. on the whole situation. Because believe me, there's times where I've been involved in things where you where you, where I hear people go, that sucks, and I'd love to be like, I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of feel like that's not the agreement I made, right. and I'm letting down. A lot of people worked on this who actually needed the who actually need the jobs and want to have more jobs. Yeah. Know? So yeah. when you have her on the show, then you guys will get a chance to oh, chat. Oh, man, that would be, whew, I'm getting the vapors thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, send us your number. I'm sure you got everybody's number. I got you back. I got okay. you back. All right. Uh, Kevin, anything else? <laughs> Uh no man, Th- dude, thank you for uh for joining us and and I, I, the show we talk about day changers, uh on this show the, you know those shows that you suddenly you just sit down and you can't stop watching and I, I feel like this has <laughs> become like, one. Oh, I guess I'm watching this right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People versus OJ Simpson was a night changer for me. Like oh mm-hmm. I'm going to bed because I'm tired. Oh I'm not going to bed. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Kevin. And I appreciate it. And as, as I said, this is officially Black People Horror. By the time this comes out, it will have we the last episode will have aired. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just, but you can just so you can just tell us: Does he actually get convicted? Does he not get convicted? O.J. Simpson. Oh uh, yeah, he, he he does not get convicted. There's no massive shark jump. <laughs> Guys, spoiler alert! The most ridiculous ending ever. That would be so awesome <laughs> if Ryan Murphy and and Nina Jacobs were like. That's how we're going to get to season two. <laughs> that would be insane. That would be insane. That's how we get to season two. He's he's convicted. What? The, the <laughs> best part about the finale is It's that. a dream. It's like Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> we get we get to the night guilty verdict pretty early on. And the most interesting thing is sort of the epilogue of what happens immediately after the trial. Oh, yeah. And the way in which they tie that whole thing up. I think it's really, really well done. Big ups to Ryan Murphy. is great. Well, thank you, Sterling K. Brown, for coming by the show. We really thank appreciate you. it. Also, thank you to executive producer Nina Jacobson, who hooked us up because she saw me incessantly tweeting about the show. Yes, sir. Hi, so Nina. I appreciate it. So, yeah, you're a member of the Denzel's family now. So anytime you want to come by and talk about anything, promote anything, just make fun of Kevin. Right. Welcome. You're no, right. No, no, we're not doing it. that. Okay, that's not, thank you. That's not part of the thing. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.